If there was one thing writers agreed about in response to 9-11, it was the failure of language. The terrorist attacks made the tools of their trade seem absurd. I have nothing to say, Toni Morrison told what she called the dead of September. No words stronger than the steel that pressed you into itself. No scripture older or more elegant than the ancient atoms you have become. W.S. Merwin, in his poem, To the Words, addressed the tools of his craft directly. When it happens, you are not there, he complained as he contemplated the attack on the Twin Towers. While Suhir Hamad confessed that there was no poetry in the ashes south of Canal Street, no prose in the refrigerated trucks driving debris and DNA, not one word. Philosophers called on to make some comment tended to agree. The whole play of history and power is distorted by this event, Jean Baudrillard observed, but so too are the conditions of analysis in spirit of terrorism. And interviewed on the function of philosophy in a time of terror, Jacques Derrida said much the same. We do not know what we are talking about. Derrida argued, Something took place, but this very thing, the place and meaning of this event, remains ineffable, like an intuition without concept, out of range for a language that admits its powerlessness and so is reduced to pronouncing mechanically a date, repeating it endlessly, a rhetorical refrain that admits to not knowing what it's talking about. Boradori. The thing, the event, 9-11, September 11th, the vague gestural nature of these terms is a measure of verbal impotence, or rather of the widespread sense that words failed in the face of both the crisis and its aftermath. Writers and other observers, as Derrida suggests here, fell back on repetition, incantation, bare facts and figures, names and dates, the irreducible reality of what had happened the blank stare of the actual. Not quite, though. What they also fell back on was the myth of the fall, the underlying conviction that the deep rhythms of cultural time had been interrupted and that the rough beast of a new era, Berger, a new period in history, Hirsch, was slouching towards America and perhaps the West to be born. On that day, we had our fall. Cahane. That day, however, has always varied according to the observer. There is a recurrent tendency in American writing and in the observation of American history to identify crisis as a descent from innocence to experience. But the crisis changes. The moment of descent has been located at a number of different times in the national narrative, most of them associated with war. For Washington Irving, As one of his best-known stories, Rip Van Winkle, illustrates, the critical moment was the War of Independence. Rip falls asleep for twenty years and wakes up to discover, to his deep discomposure, that he has fallen into another world. Instead of being a subject of His Majesty George III, he learns, he was now a free citizen of the United States. I'm not myself, the bewildered Rip complains. I'm somebody else. I'm changed, and I can't tell what's my name or who I am.
For Henry James, as I suggest in the next chapter, it was the Civil War. So, too, for James's contemporary, Mark Twain. Twain felt he had little enough in common with Henry James. He remarked of one book by James, Once you put it down, you can't pick it up. But what he did share was a belief that he, along with other Americans, had fallen from a pre-Lapsarian state into a post-Lapsarian one. A glory that once was, Twain ruefully observed, had dissolved and vanished away. Thanks to four years of civil conflict, a world that seemed to be just far enough away to seem a delectable land, dreamy, reposeful, inviting, had been supplanted for good or ill by progress, energy, prosperity.